0: We're going to continue uh, this uh, aspect of Noah. We're going to finish up today uh, in Genesis chapter 9. So far we've looked at uh, this man Noah and his faithfulness and what has allowed him to be faithful uh, in his relationship with the Lord. And uh, today we're going to look at, if you will, or if you want to call it Noah's flaw, Noah's failure, Um, but as I said, I think uh, the last podcast, I don't want to sit here and kind of build it up that Noah was this faithful man, and then he kind of lost it and blew up, because I think what happens is we forget that Noah was a man just like us. Um, He had flaws. He had failures just like us. We fail as well, and it's not one of those things to sit and dwell on the failure, uh, as it is to learn from it. And I think we can learn from Noah just as much as we can learn from our own failures. Um, oftentimes, we we think about these uh, people in Scripture, and we think about something that is just so monumental, like Noah and the ark. And we just think that these people are superhuman, um, and we forget that they are human beings. Uh, we forget uh, many times that Uh, They have struggles as well, and I think that that causes us then to uh, really miss the point of what we're getting ready to see today when we see something that uh, happens, we see a failure, Um, we make it maybe more than it needs to be, uh, rather than looking at it for what it is. So, in Genesis chapter 9, starting in verse 18, we're going to read to verse 28, and then we're going to kind of uh, break it down a little bit into four areas where I believe we can learn from Noah It says Noah's sons who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were Noah's sons, and from them the whole earth was populated. Noah was a man of the soul, began by planting a vineyard. He drank some of the wine, became drunk, and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a cloak and placed it over their uh, over both of their shoulders and walking backward, they covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his drinking and learned what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Canaan is cursed. He will be the lowest of the slaves to his brother. He also said, uh, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Let Canaan be uh, be Shem's slave. Let God extend Japheth. Let Japheth dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be Shem's slave. Now Noah lived 350 years after the flood, so Noah's life lasted 950 years and he died. So what we see here is this uh, situation where Noah um, was a man of the soul, which means uh, he began, um, after he got off the ark, to, uh, if you want to call it, be a farmer. And one of the things that he done was he planted a vineyard. And there is uh, a lot of... Uh, back and forth, if you will, uh, from different uh, historians and commentators uh, on this scenario, such as, did Noah know what he was doing? Uh, did Noah just, you know, happen to mess up? Is it one of those things that he didn't know any better? Um, and here's three foods for thought. Warren Weersby says, uh, this is the first mention of wine in Scripture, but winemaking was practiced before the flood, and Noah certainly knew what too much wine would do to him. So Warren Wearsby's of the mindset that Noah knew good and well <clears throat> that drinking too much wine would make him drunk. McGee said, The hard fact of the matter is that Noah got drunk, and this is sin. There are no satisfactory excuses. So why did God give us the record of, of the sin of Noah. In Romans fifteen four, we read, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. It was recorded to let you and I know something of the weakness of the flesh. So there's some, uh, and I'm not going to get into them all, some that believe that Noah had no idea what he was doing, that he had planted this vineyard and uh, he began to drink, thought it was... Uh, tasted well and ended up getting drunk and didn't know any better. There's some that believe that Noah knew good and well what he was doing and went ahead and did it anyway and uh, ended up getting drunk and um, naked in his tent. So uh, what we find, though, is that it's, it's not so much a matter of did he know, did he not know? The simple fact is he did it. And so, with that being said, I believe that there are four things that we can learn from Noah and from this situation. Now, we, we've already known, uh, if you will, the, the good aspects concerning Noah, and that was that he uh, was a faithful man. And, and here's the thing. I think oftentimes we, we allow a situation like this right here to forget the faithfulness. We allow a situation like this to forget that it says that Noah was a righteous man. Um, Because what we do is we uh, are of this mindset that, well, you know, if Noah was so faithful, why did he do this? The same reason why you and I sin. It's the same fact that uh, spiritual warfare happens to all of us. All of us will have our guard let down at one point or another. And it's just a matter of what sin it is. This sin right here of Noah was drunkenness. Some people, it's anger. Some people, it's uh, lust. Some people, it's greed. Some people, it's pride. Uh, It's multiple things. It's just a matter of what sin it is um, based on allowing yourself to let your guard down. So of the four things we can learn from Noah and his life, I believe the first one is one big spiritual event won't sustain you. The first one is one big spiritual event won't sustain you. And the reason why I say that is because I believe that a lot of times people live off of spiritual moments that they've had in their lives. And they just kind of, if you if you want to say, as the old saying, they rest on their laurels. What they do is they they've had this moment to where they have really deepened in their walk with the Lord. There was this great moment to where they were able to be used by God. They saw God, but they, maybe it was the fact that they saw how much intensity was involved with it. And they just kind of have backed away from it. Um, and and I'll say this. I know there's many different times that this happens with a couple of different areas. Number one, maybe a mission trip. Or number two, um, sh- maybe winning someone to Christ through sharing the gospel. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people that maybe they'll go on a mission trip, and especially to a foreign country, and they'll realize, you know what? My goodness, man, this just changed my whole perspective. I grew deeper in my walk with the Lord than I ever have, and it was just so amazing. Well, the problem is, is when they come back from a foreign mission trip after this deep experience with the Lord, they realize that, you know, not everybody cares. Not everybody is as excited as they are, and that fire kind of dies out. Well, the next time there's an opportunity to go on a mission trip, they realized how hard it was, what a sacrifice it was. And they don't know that they want to go through that again. So what they do is they live off of that moment that, yeah, I went on a mission trip one time. And that's their slogan for the next, you know, however many years. And so they live off of that one moment rather than continuing to deepen in their walk with the Lord, continuing to deepen and go on mission trips. uh, They just rest on the fact that they went on one. Um, The same way with sharing the gospel with somebody. A lot of times people will share the gospel and they may even win someone to Christ. But what they do is they realize how difficult that it is to share the gospel uh, because of the spiritual warfare that comes along with it. And they kind of rest on the fact that, yeah, I did that and I did win somebody to the Lord, but they don't continue to do that. And so a lot of times we may rest on that one big spiritual event. And we think that that's going to sustain our Christian walk. And that's not the case. It's The Christian life is a continuous uh, growing process. It's not something that we just do and then we rest on it. So that's the first thing. The second thing that we learn is a consistent walk with God is crucial. And what I mean by that is when you look at Noah, and we're going to find this out, especially even uh, as we get ready to study the next person in Scripture, which is Abraham, we're going to find that there are many different times that you see these people in Scripture that they are walking with God, they're making sacrifices, you know, they're um, building altars, they are in consistent communication with the Lord, and then there's just these lulls. To where you wonder what in the world's going on. And it's kind of like right here. It's like Noah has been in this mode of walking with God. Of, of, of deepening in his relationship with God. And then all of a sudden it's like Noah becomes a farmer. And here you don't see any aspect of him in communication with God. What you find is Noah is um, a farmer and he plants himself a vineyard. <coughs> Excuse me. And now he gets drunk. And you don't see any any aspect of him walking with the Lord. And so what we see is that there's, and this goes back to the first one, which one big spiritual event won't sustain you. What we find is that many times these, that, we will walk with the Lord and we just think because we had a deep experience with the Lord, because we were walking with the Lord and we saw something magnificent happen or miraculous happen that, you know, we just are going to be able to sustain that forever. The problem is is you can't sustain an intimate relationship unless you continue to make it an intimate relationship. It's just like with me and my wife. I'm not going to be able to have great communication with my wife if I don't ever talk to her. Uh, Just because me and her at one period of time were just having great communication with each other doesn't mean that that's going to last forever. We have to continue that process. And so what we find is that there's a lot of times in Scripture, just like with us today, we see it with the people in Scripture, that they allow themselves to just kind of put it in cruise control. And that's not something you can do. Uh, If you are wanting to not fall prey to spiritual warfare, you cannot put it in cruise control. You can't rest on what you've done, but you've got to consistently walk with the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be making huge strides every single day. Sometimes it may be hard to put one foot in front of the other, but at least you're continuing to move forward in your relationship with the Lord. That's the key thing. And so it's not about how much you do, it's that you continue to do it. Um, You may study scripture today and you feel like you just went, I mean, five, five feet deep in your relationship with the Lord. Tomorrow, you might be able to carve out an inch and that's it. But it doesn't matter as long as you're just continuing to deepen. It's consistency. That's what it's about. It's making sure that there's consistency. Number three, and this one I think is very important for us because this is this goes back to what we initially said when it comes to spiritual warfare. When we initially said it, we said that Uh, Satan is not going to hit you over the head with the very blatant sin. He's going to get you with um, those sins that you really don't think about. And that's what number three is. Be alert for the uncommon sin. Be alert for the uncommon sin. What happens many times is we, we may recognize what our weaknesses are. And so we put all of our eggs in the basket of our weaknesses so we don't fall prey to them. But there was a statement made by a uh, preacher one time that said, uh, I think it was Adrian Rogers, uh, an unguarded strength is a double weakness, I believe is what Adrian Rogers said. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Because what happens is there's many areas where we don't think that we're going to fall prey. Um, we think that, well, because I'm strong in this area that I don't have to worry about it as much. I know, uh, you know, let's just, let's just throw one out there. I know that I have a greed problem, so I'm going to really make sure that I watch the area of my life concerning greed, but what you don't realize is that you also have a lust problem, um... But you think you're really strong in that area. And what's going to happen is you're probably going to fall prey, not to greed, but to lust because you're not paying attention to it. And the reason why I say that is because Noah was a farmer. Noah was a person who had a vineyard and he grew grapes. And he probably didn't think that, you know what, I'm going to just get flat drunk and be naked in my tent. I'm sure that that's not the first thing that he thought about. But what happened is, is when you start drinking, um, it ends up, one drink turns into a second drink, turns into a third drink, and you may not realize how many you've had before you end up drunk. And I'm sure that Noah never once thought that drunkenness and nakedness uh, in his tent was going to be something that he fell prey to. Uh, The same way that many of us don't feel that we're going to fall prey to certain sins, Uh, as much pastoral counseling as I've done, if someone falls into sin, I can guarantee you, I know exactly what one of the first statements that they are going to say is because it's been said by every single person that I have done pastoral counseling with. And it's this I never thought that would happen to me. And the reason being is because they thought it was a strength in their life. They thought that they had all of that area guarded. They thought that that was something that would never take place. They thought that it was uh, an area that was safe because they had so many other weaknesses. And it's the same in every situation. I never thought that would happen to me. It's that uncommon sin, the one you don't, think uh, is going to happen. The one you aren't really, you're not really preparing for because you think you're okay. That's the one Satan is going to get you with more than any other. That's why we really shouldn't sit down and say, I'm weak in this area. I'm strong in this area. We should just make sure that we're consistently guarded with the armor of God and not worry about trying to place extra here, extra there, but make sure that we're consistently guarded all the way around. And then here's the fourth one. Again the first one was we can't uh live off of one uh, great spiritual moment it won't sustain you. Number two, we have to have a consistent walk with God. Number three, we got to be alert for the uncommon sin. And number four, we learn we got to finish well. The Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint as the old saying is. This is not one of those things to where we can just um, re- re- remain or uh Keep our thoughts on how awesome we were in our 20s and 30s, but uh, later on in our lives uh, we just kind of struggle. Um, there's two dear friends that I have, and I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning their names. Um, they are um, Kit and Kat, um, and they are a, a mission uh, organization, uh, a Whisper of Hope Ministries that I have partnered with for many years, and... They are both uh, in their 80s. And the thing that I love about them is every time that I talk to Kit, uh, the one thing he reminds me is Jeremiah, I want to finish well. I want to continue serving the Lord. I may be in my 80s, but I still have strength. I still have the ability to serve the Lord. And I want to make sure that I finish well. I want to do just as much now in my 80s as I did uh, in the past. And that is such a strong encouragement to me because there are often times that you may be involved uh, as a pastor in your church, or you may know some people who are up in their years, and it just seems like what they do is they come to church on Sunday mornings and they are just completely in cruise control. They're talking about all the things that they used to do in their life, and they'll even tell you, you know what, it's time for me to just kind of rest and let others do the, their thing. Listen, listen there is no such thing as a time of rest to let others do their thing while we're here on this earth. The time of rest we're going to have is for eternity with Jesus. We, as long as we have breath in our lungs, have the ability to impact the kingdom of God. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to continue to find ways to serve. And whether it's that you may be like Kit and Cat, and they're able to, in their 80s, to continue to serve and do missions and be able to make uh, a, an impact. Or it may be that, you know, your health is not allowing you to be able to go like you used to, but you can still mentor someone. You can still be able uh, to bring someone alongside and disciple them with the knowledge and the experience that you have and be able to invest and pour into them. There is always a way. That you can impact the kingdom of God regardless of your age. Uh, You are able to make a significant impact. And here's the thing if you are continuing uh, to make an impact every single day, regardless of your age, you will be able to finish well. The thing that will cause you to fall and not be able to finish well is when you are looking at it from the standpoint of saying, you know what, I've done my thing. And right now I'm just getting a little bit older and I'm not going to bother with it. I'm not going to do these different things. And I'm just going to kind of let the others go ahead. What you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure. And so what I encourage, is that uh, as you look at your life and and be able to look at different seasons, you know, I I told my wife, um, I have to understand that you know there's going to come a time in my life as a pastor I'm not going to be able to be as much of a go-getter as I am maybe now and so what I've got to do is I've got to learn to be able to start looking at seasons in my life and be able to say okay I used to be able to do that and I can't now but what can I do what what am I able to do to be able to still make a big difference and so What we can do is we can see the faithfulness of Noah and we can grow from that, but we can also learn from the failures of Noah. And so this is what we're going to do to give you an idea. This is the same mindset that we're going to look at as we go through each one of these people that we study in Scripture. We're going to do the same thing with Abraham. We're going to look at the areas of his life that were, um, if you want to call it, successful. And then we're going to look at the areas of his life that were uh, not so successful, that we're failures. Um, we're going to look at these things and say, how can we learn from them? Um, what can we do to grow in our lives from being able to learn from him? Just like Romans 15, 4. We're able to have these things written down so that we can be able to have them for our learning. And so we need to understand how these people um, were obedient and how, what made them so faithful. And then also understand how did they make the, the failures and the mistakes that they did. And be able to learn from them. So what we're going to do next is we're going to uh, go and look at the man Abraham. I encourage you to uh, go to Genesis chapter 12 and start reading there. And uh, we will pick up with Abraham and begin the process of uh, what does it mean um, to learn from his obedience what does it mean to learn from his failures and see how we can take this man uh, that is regarded so highly in scripture and be able to see how can we deepen in our walk with the Lord. I encourage you to continue being in, your, uh, in the Word every day. I encourage you to go share the gospel with somebody today. And I also encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, to understand that Scripture says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And to find someone that you know is a uh, follower of Christ whether it's a pastor, whether it's a friend, a family member, and talk to them about what it means to repent of your sins, to surrender your life to Jesus, and ask Him to be Lord of your life. pray you have a blessed day. We look forward to getting into the Word in our next podcast.